You're listening to the Enterprise Mobile Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Manesh Lash. Welcome to the Cordova episode. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, an approach to mobile development uh, called hybrid technology. And I'm going to go over what Cordova is and uh, how you can benefit. So let me give you a first uh, a brief history of uh, Cordova. So Cordova really originated from something called PhoneGap. Uh, which was created around uh, 2009 by a startup called Nitobi uh, as an open source project to access native features uh, of a mobile device via an embedded web view. So the goal was to be able to build most of your mobile application experience using pure web technologies. So this includes things like CSS, HTML, JavaScript, and still called native code uh, when necessary. So native code could be things such as the camera, the GPS, the accelerometer, the calendar on the device. So that, that was the goal of PhoneGap. So in 2001, Adobe purchased Nitobi uh, and the rights to the PhoneGap brand. So at, at this point in time, the open source core project was spun off into something called uh, CodeOver. So it was donated to the Apache Foundation. So the, the core feature of PhoneGap for doing the embedded web view and accessing native features was spun off into this product called Codover and donated to the Apache Open Source Foundation. So you may be asking, so how does PhoneGap differ from Codover today? So basically, PhoneGap is the open source version of Codover plus any extra Adobe stuff on top of that. So Adobe has built a bunch of extensive uh, services on top of Codover, uh, such as the PhoneGap build service that add additional value to the development lifecycle. Um, I'm not going to cover any phone gap uh, in this episode. I'm going to leave that to another episode. Um, I'm just going to focus on the core features of the Codover framework. And the way Codover access, uh, and the way Codover provides access to native capabilities is via something called plugins. So we'll talk about that uh, later on in this episode. So that covers the history of Codover, how it came to be. So basically how it works is uh, you install Codover on your machine using a, a Node.js package for the command line, so you need to have Node.js running. Uh, you issue terminal or command line commands to create native projects and, and to install plugins. So you can create a native project for iOS, uh, for Android, uh, a number of other platforms, and you install different plugins to access different native features. So you could uh, install a plugin to access the camera, access the battery, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you still compile your Codover projects using the same old native projects that you have in Xcode or Android Studio. So you're still compiling a native project, but it's really web code running in there. So uh, let me kind of explain the concept of the embedded web, web view. So basically, it's a very, uh, so the Codover gives you a very simple native project. Uh, let's just uh, go with iOS uh, to begin with. So you get a simple Xcode project which has a web view uh, with access to a bunch of APIs that you can call using JavaScript. So you can use any web technology that renders mobile uh, web pages within your app and then you can call native features as you need to. So in order to build a Cordova application, uh, you need to combine Cordova with some web technology. So you're going to need to select some mobile web frameworks. Um, some suggestions are things such as Sensor Touch, uh, Ionic. Uh, you can even use things like Angular and jQuery Mobile. So you need to figure out 
what kind of mobile JavaScript framework you want to use. Something like JavaScript provides everything that you need, so everything in the MVC paradigm, model view controller components, Sentry Touch can provide. Uh, you could build your own by using bits and pieces, so you can use Angular and other frameworks to build your own uh, mobile GUI uh, package. So that kind of covers how the web view works. So let's kind of go over what kind of plugins Cordova provides. So out of the box, there's there's a bunch of standard Cordova plugins that you get, and you can install as you need it uh, for your application. Battery status is one of them, so you can you can get a notification for when uh, the the phone battery is about to run out. There's a camera plugin, so you can uh, take photographs or access the photo library on the device. There's a, a console plugin, so if you want to write to the native uh, native uh, output logger on the device, you can do that. Uh, there's a contacts plugin to access the address book on the device. So by the way, these plugins work cross-platform, so iOS, Android, Windows Phone, you use the same API to access the address book or the camera, uh, no matter what platform that you're on. Uh, other plugins uh, are such as there's something called device, so that's going to give you things like uh, what OS is running on the device, uh, other device-specific information, maybe if it's a phone or a tablet. There's, there's a plugin for motion, so you can tell when the devices are being moved around. There's an orientation plugin, so you can tell if the device is in landscape or portrait orientation. Uh, so that can be useful for uh, rotating the device. There's a Dialogs API, so when you have the, uh, the, the alerts on the mobile platforms, you can implement alerts that are native uh, using uh, this plugin. There's a file and file transfer plugin, so you can access the file storage on each of the native platforms. So on iOS, you can store documents in the documents directory that each application has. And the same for the Android side of things. There is a geolocation plugin. Uh, that's where I'm accessing the GPS features of the device. You kind of don't need to do that, use that plugin these days, because most of the browsers or the embedded browsers have that capability built in. So that's kind of uh, a leftover from the old days. Uh, there's a media capture plugin, so you can capture audio and video. You can playback media, it's another media plugin. There's network information plugin, so you can tell if uh, the device has network capability or not. Uh, there's a splash screen plugin, so you can have splash screens for multiple operating systems using one technique. And there's also a vibration plugin, so you can make the devices vibrate. So that kind of covers the standard plugins. There's also plenty of third party plugins out there for doing uh, extended, uh, to access extended features on mobile devices. So if you're building a code over application in an enterprise environment, you may come across a scenario where you try to, you're trying to integrate with a native library and you need to expose that functionality to your hybrid application. So in that scenario, you'll need to write a custom code of a plugin and you need to write the code of a plugin for each and every platform that you support. So if you're doing iOS and Android, you're going to need to create two plugins for iOS and Android. And the code of a plugins will call the native code and provide a JavaScript API for your mobile application. So you're kind of writing a bridge between the native code and the JavaScript application. So you will need to do that uh, for many applications that uh, native capabilities Cordova just won't provide out of the box. So just bear that in mind. 
Uh, Cordova supports many uh, mobile and non-mobile platforms today. So let's kind of run down some of the OSs it supports. Amazon Fire OS, which is a variant of Android. It, of course, supports Android, uh, BlackBerry 10, Firefox OS, uh, iOS, uh, Windows Phone 10, uh, and Tizen. It also supports Ubuntu and Windows. So you could create Windows applications that are running using uh, the Cordova framework. Some of the challenges that you're going to face when you're doing uh, hybrid mobile applications are, are as follows. Um, to get your mobile code uh, ready to be compiled on the device, you're going to have to really optimize the HTML and JavaScript that you guys have. Uh, because the HTML5 and JavaScript that uh, you're going to generate from uh, using your web frameworks, it's not really going to be optimized for a mobile device. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to minify and compress the code as much as possible. There's plenty of command line tools out there to let you do that. If you're using something like Censure Touch and Ionic, I think I believe they already have command line tools that will do the compression and minification. It's usually uh, it's called you're doing a build for production or for deployment to a device. So it's a special um, build that you're going to have to do. Um, something else you want to consider doing is uh, when you're using a mobile framework such as Censure Touch or jQuery Mobile, uh, by default it includes the entire framework which is really unnecessary for a mobile application. You want to be as light as possible. So you want to maybe look at how you can customize the mobile package itself. You want to make sure you have, uh, you may want to create a custom version of that mobile framework that only includes the objects that your application uses uh, to, to, to minimize the size of your application. Um, also, uh, what you may run into is the embedded browser that gets implemented in each of the platforms, so like iOS and Android, the capabilities can vary, especially on the Android side of things. So you may see some slight behavior differences. So your your mobile testing really needs to be done on wide variety of different devices, device types, just to make sure you cover those scenarios. And also, you're gonna probably end up having some Android keyboard issues um, and other platform specific issues. Like iOS may have a specific issue on uh, the way this the view may render for a, a particular type of HTML code. So you'll need to look at that. So make sure you test across a broad range of devices across multiple platforms, just to make sure uh, the application works and behaves as expected. Another thing to consider are security vulnerabilities. When you have a native mobile application today, you only really need to worry about the security vulnerabilities in the native code itself and in the code that you write. When you have a hybrid application, you have a, two additional layers to worry about in terms of security patching. So the Cordova framework itself, sometimes there's vulnerabilities in different versions of the Cordova framework, and there's a recommendation to upgrade to a new version. So that's something you'll need to take into account. And also any mobile web frameworks that you use. Uh, mobile web frameworks tend to go out of date sometimes pretty easily, and you need to upgrade to a newer version. Um, also, some older versions of mobile frameworks will, could have security vulnerabilities in there, and you may need to regularly update to the newest version. So just bear that in mind that when it comes to security, you'll need to look at three different facets of your application, the native code, the Cordova code, and your web frameworks. So three things to check. Of course, that's in addition to any custom code that you, you write yourself, but there's multiple layers you need to Keep an eye on to make sure there's no vulnerabilities associated with your application.
So that kind of covers the basics of uh, what Cordova is and how it can be used to do mobile development. So let, let me kind of go over why you'd want to use something like Cordova. So the primary skill for building a Cordova hybrid mobile application is web technology skills. So if you have a workforce that has done a lot of mobile development using, no mobile development, if you have a workforce that's done a lot of web development, it's pretty easy for them to convert over to be a PhoneGap or a Cordova developer and leverage the existing skills that they have in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. So that's the reason why a hybrid application may make sense. Also in the hybrid application type, if the, the type of capabilities that your mobile application needs are not very sophisticated, maybe you have a line of business applications where you basically have a bunch of screens and you're navigating between content, it can be a lot cheaper in cost to build a hybrid application versus a native application. Also, uh, you may not have native developers on staff. You may only have uh, web developers on staff. So in, the, in that case, you only need one or two uh, people on staff that know the native pieces to be able to compile the native apps using Cordova, but you don't need to have a lot of native experience to do that. So that kind of uh, summarizes the entire um, Cordova stack. Um, you can do a Google search in, uh, in Google for uh, Apache Cordova uh, to get more information on how to install it. Uh, in the next episode, I'm going to be covering uh, PhoneGap and its associated uh, services that Adobe provides. And there's some really cool capabilities that Adobe has for PhoneGap. So I'll cover those in the next episode. Um, well, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please uh, message me on Twitter. I can be found at, at ManeshLad, M-A-N-E-S-H-L-A-D. Or you can send me an email at Manesh at ladmobile.com. Thank you for listening. Till next time, bye-bye.